0: Oh boy, that was exhilarating. I really loved having Lovey Ajayi-Jones on. She's a best-selling author. You know her from her TED Talk, from her podcast. We talk a lot about never doubting your own voice, conquering fear by pushing forward, and about women who take no bleep. Anyway, can't wait for you to listen and be sure to tell me what you think. I'm so delighted, and I've been wanting to get Lovey on the podcast for a while. Welcome Lovey Ajayi Jones. Thank you so much for having me Terry. Such a pleasure. You've got so many wonderful things going on and I want to say you look beautiful today. Not everybody gets to see you but you got your red <laughs> hat. I'm not surprised you've got your red book. So we want, I want to know about the book first tell me about why red. I know red's why my red. Why red?
1: Red is my signature color and has been since I was three. You know how some people were like oh I've never had a a favorite color I've had one since I was three and it hasn't changed and it's been red I've always gravitated towards the color and growing up and becoming a branding strategist and a digital strategist I ended up finding out that the color psychology of red red is energy it's passion so I was like it works it works for me so when uh, I was working on book two I was actually clear that red had to be either my cover or on my cover, same thing for book one. I'm judging you has a big red lollipop. Red is a color that people now tie so closely to me that if it's missing
0: from my book, people will be like, it doesn't look like lovey. I love that. So tell us, I mean, you know, you are who you are and your reputation precedes you, but everything from your Ted talk to your, you know, uh, to your best-selling book, to your page, to your love nation and your podcast. uh, And just to mention a few, you know, a very proud Nigerian. You tell me yes. a little about yourself and I want want to know about the book.
1: Yes. I, you know what's funny is I never assume anybody has heard about me. I never assume anybody has seen my work or seen my TED Talk. So yes, I have no problem introducing myself. I am Lovey Jai Jones. I am a New York Times best author. I am a keynote. I'm a speaker, uh, a podcast host, a lover of shoes and rice. And... <laughs> Somebody whose love language is probably those two things, shoes
0: and rice. Yeah. Fantastic. What's the name of your new book? And by the way, I think it describes you kind of perfectly.
1: Right? I think so. Professional Troublemaker, the Fear Fighter Manual is the name of my book. And the reason why I called it that is, one, my mission with this book was to talk about how We really let fear stop us from doing what we're purposed to do. And in this world, to live a life that is rewarding, a life that is of no, a life that is of impact, we're going to have to be professional troublemakers. And what that means is we're going to have to be truth tellers. We're going to have to be disruptors for the greater good. We're going to have to be challengers. And in the process of doing that, we're going to constantly do things that scare us because that is how we grow. And if it doesn't scare us, odds are. We weren't supposed to do it, or it's not a growth opportunity. So that's why Professional Troublemaker, The Fear Fighter Manual, is the name of the second book and why it is the best work that I've written yet.
0: I There was a line that I, you know, I got a little bit of an advanced copy from you. And there was a line that I love, which is we are constantly searching for that person or forgetting that person or repressing that person instead of standing strong in who that person is. That resonated so deeply with me. I mean, because I think that's all that's our challenge all of the time, right? And yeah, speak to that.
1: So, you know, one of the questions that I get the most when I talk about my journey as a writer, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's trying to live a purpose driven life how did you find your purpose or how did you find your voice to be a writer? And I'm always like, you know, I don't think it was a matter of me finding it, it was a matter of me just not doubting it. Oftentimes, the world, people, sometimes there are people we love will insult, abuse, judge who we are out of us, where we start questioning every single thing about ourselves, every single thing that we love to do. Um, We start questioning our very core. So then it moves us away from where we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to be doing. I'm always like, what happens if we doubt ourselves less? If we trust the thing that we do really well, as opposed to be like, oh, that thing, it's whatever. What happens when we trust our voice, when we trust our personhood, we won't go searching for who we need to be or our purpose or what we need to do on this earth if we just don't swallow it
0: away. So do you, is the book about you know how, hold, how fear holds us back and how we can push forward into something that yeah. uh, we're doing it anyway?
1: Yeah, this book, and I wrote it, and I use my life as a testament because my journey to the awesomely lovely of it all could have been different at any given point if I if I let fear be the first thing that changed my decision. Um, this book is, I even talk about my grandmother throughout the book because she's the professional troublemaker who I saw growing up, who took up space unapologetically, who didn't doubt that she belonged in any room, no matter whether she felt qualified or felt accepted. And that's all part of this. And I think fear is one of those things that we've given so much power to. We've been told somehow that to be afraid is to be weak. But I'm here to tell people you should be afraid because that's a universal feeling. If you actually don't have fear, it's considered a psychological disorder. Fear exists for a reason, but It's up to us to harness it as opposed to let it squelch our power. It's up to us to say, you know what? I am afraid of whatever this thing is, of whatever I want to say or whatever I want to do. I am afraid. Yes, I have no problem saying that. But now that I have acknowledged the fear, I must move forward regardless. And that's what I hope this book does. Like I am on a mission. I gave myself an audacious mission. And that mission is to Help a million people fight their fear. Because, Terry, what happens when a million people say, I'm going to say something that was necessary, but I dared not to say before? Or a million people say, I'm going to go ask for the raise that I was afraid to? Or a million people say, I'm going to do something new, something different that I've never done before? It could shift worlds. It could change so much. Imagine a million women saying, I'm going to stand by another woman. Right. I'm going to be backup for another woman. Imagine a, a million men saying I'm going to stand up for somebody who does not look like me. A million CEOs saying I'm going to pay my employees equally. How will that shift things? It can. So that's my mission. It's to it's change a million lives with this
0: book. Well, that's pretty amazing. It, it makes me think of a Georgia O'Keefe quote that I've had on my refrigerator four years, which is I've been absolutely terrified every moment of my life, and I'd never let it stop me from doing a single thing that I wanted to do. That's, that's the heart of this book. That right there is the heart of
1: this book. And I want people to not take it for granted when they see people like me who identify as professional troublemakers, right? People often are like, oh, of course, you're used to it. But I'm like, yo, uh, speaking up and telling the truth is a muscle. Being somebody who's constantly doing something that feels scary or that feels too big is a muscle. It takes intention of me saying, yeah, I'm just going to do it anyway. It's, but it's something that I think people take for granted because they're like, of course, it's easy for you. I don't think it's easy for anybody to do something that goes against the grain, that feels disruptive, whether it's even positive or not in a room where everybody agrees to one thing, you're the one person that's like, I don't know if we should do that. It's never easy to pick the other side, but I think it's when it is necessary, when we feel compelled to, when it's important, we should, and we shouldn't be afraid or we shouldn't let
0: the fear stop us. So it's not necessarily that we conquer the fear, right? It's that we we push forward. And that's how you conquer it, right? Fear Fear won't win.
1: If you move forward regardless, how it wins is if you let you stop you from doing this thing. I almost let fear stop me. Like the TED talk that has five point six million views now, I said no to it twice because I was afraid that I wasn't ready for the TED stage. I was afraid I didn't have time to prepare. I was afraid that my schedule was too packed and I would get on that stage and bomb. And I turned it down twice. And it was when my when I was asked a third time and I was about to turn it down again, a friend of mine was like, what are you afraid of? And I was like, I'm afraid everybody else has already been prepped and they've had months of practice. And she goes, you're not everybody. She was like, you've been a public speaker for nine years. That has been your practice. I need you to get off my phone and go write this
0: talk. Is it important and I think for us to know who, who, who said it to you? My friend, Unique Jones Gibson. Powerful to have friends like that for sure. It is. And I think
1: the power of friends like that is they loan you courage when you don't have enough for yourself. Right. They won't let you say no. They, she didn't let me say no. She was like, I need you to delete that email where you're about to send and tell them you can do it. And I need you to go do it now. And she charged me up to do this thing that I was about to say no to. And that thing changed my life. That thing. I get people hitting me up every single day saying I saw your TED talk. It shifted something in me. So imagine if I had left fear in that moment. Really went. Imagine if I had actually said no or been allowed to say no, what I would have missed out on, what other people would have missed out on. So I'm just like, when we operate through that lens, which I talk about in the talk, not realizing I was even really talking about myself,
0: nobody wins. It was an electrifying talk. I mean, I've seen it and, you know, loved it and it was very, very powerful. So what has this year been like for you? I mean, let's face it, so much has happened in the last year. If someone had told us a year ago what, we're, what we were going to be going through, we wouldn't really believe them. And I'd love to know from your lens, you know, just tell me about what that's been like for you.
1: Yes, being on lockdown in this last year has been interesting because not only did I have to contend with the fact that there's this massive virus that we've never seen before, I also had to write this book. I was on the hook to write this book as the world was shutting down. So it was like a, (laughs) it was like a universal challenge to me to be who I say I am out loud, also privately. I had to conquer the fear of the fact that I was afraid of the success of the book even, you know, so I procrastinated and my therapist pointed it out and said, what are you afraid of? That's allowing you to procrastinate in this way. And I was like, maybe I'm afraid of the success of the book. And she was like, okay, what are you afraid of around it? Because this is a a form of self-sabotage. And I remember being like, whoa. So my, while the world was shutting down, while everybody's sitting on the couch, I'm also sitting here with like this deadline looming on my shoulders. (sighs) I finally got it together and was like, okay, let me write this book in the middle of watching the news and dealing with, other people not paying attention to mask regulations. I think one good thing about this year, though, the stillness has been really good. It is the most still I have been in probably 10 years because I usually average 110,000 miles of travel every year. 2020, shut it down. And I it wasn't unwelcome. I actually kind of enjoyed not running for flights. <laughs> I enjoyed kind of been able to get my breath back and think and figure out what I wanted and kind of spend some time not always in a rush to go somewhere
0: and that part has been actually been really cool and you are you're relatively you're a bride right I mean I think of you as a bride. yeah 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 so tell I So my first year of marriage was in quarantine you can survive that you can survive
1: anything right I, we have not killed each other that is an amazing accomplishment yeah, that, that too. I'm like, holy smoke, trying to stay hydrated, trying to be a newlywed, trying to run my company. You know what I mean? Like for a lot of us, for me, my, a lot of my company's revenue is in my speaking. Yeah. So when the world shut down, I'm like, oh my God, how is this going to work? Right. Oddly enough, it ended up actually being the best year for my company. Companies instantly pivoted to virtual speaking engagements and I can engage people behind a computer screen really well. The biggest keynote I gave so far was 17,000 people on Zoom. Wow. Yeah, so it was like each speaking engagement got me another one and my company had its best year yet. So all of that was happening at the same time. So I think I realized and still realize that the it was a divine timeout, as my friend Debbie Brown says. It's the universe resetting itself and while we're all being told to sit down if we don't come out of it more clear about who we are what we want the world that we want to build we have wasted our time yeah so i have been deepening and double doubling down on my intentions on my friendships on my work
0: yeah it's been good I love Debbie Brown. She's been a guest before on the podcast. She's so wonderful. She is. Someone said to me once, you know, Terry, you're like a warrior woman with a marshmallow center. And I wonder if that describes you too. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. A
1: warrior woman with a marshmallow center. That's perfect. I actually just bought an art print by an artist named Tim Okamura. And the print is called Storm Warrior. So it's interesting that you said that. I absolutely think I do have the marshmallow center. Like I show up as like, you know, the side-eye sorceress, but those who are closest to me know I'm the person who will send a random gift in the mail. I might miss your birthday. (laughs) I might actually miss your birthday or not send you a gift on your birthday, but throughout the year, I'll probably send you different gifts just because for me, I think it's appreciating people is just beyond the day they were born. I want to take the time to let people know that I see them, that I love them, that I appreciate their presence in my life. So I do have a marshmallow center.
0: We'll be right back with more No crumbs Left Table Talks. You know, Mom, in furnishing my own place, one of the things that I've realized is just how important lighting is to creating, like, a beautiful vibe with people. And I know that you have some lamps that you got recently that you've been loving, and I want to hear about them. You know, in terms of lighting, overhead lighting to me is not where it's at, but sort of beautiful, subtle lamps. And you know I love partnering with Room and Board, and I love what they have. The Althea lamp I got, and the Serena, and they're just extraordinarily beautiful lighting they're reasonable and magnificent i think i might have to copy you let's go does that translate into ever you know you're getting your feelings hurt because i mean you're out there you're you're loud and proud you're doing your thing you are a take no prisoners i love following you on instagram because it's just like oh my gosh what's lovey gonna do what's she gonna say what's she gonna bring out i get a real it's like it's a lot of fun for me but I wonder, you know, people come on the page, they can be awful. I've had people come on my page and be awful. Do you get your feelings hurt? Absolutely. Cause people are trash. <laughs> people are utter trash, but I think
1: I'm, I'm learning, like I'm trying to get a, a more, dis, a spirit of discernment, basically. And I think for us who are visible, who have these big platforms, we have to work at constantly being discerning about what we let inside our psyche.
0: Because
1: right. every piece of every comment that we get that is negative is not necessarily horrific and then on the other hand every comment that we get that's negative is not for us to take on and internalize yeah. so constantly working on that um knowing what our boundaries are you know and letting people know what those boundaries are i think i i try to speak my boundaries out loud often. Um, yeah, it's just a sense of discernment of who do you pay attention to? Who actually wishes you well or just wants to mess up your day? Right? Who's a troll or who is giving you constructive feedback.
0: Right, because sometimes you can hear something that's constructive, and I don't mean you specifically, I mean me too, which might be hard to hear, but it might be like, oh, there's there's something in that. So I think it is discernment. It's like, what am I going to take on, and what are of these DMs am I just going to delete and, you know, and block? And, you know?
1: and block without guilt, right? I always tell people, like, my platform's are not democracies they are dictatorships led by me okay you can say whatever you want to say on your own platform but if it's my comment section if it is my dms my space i protect it with an iron sword that warrior comes out yeah. you know and i don't apologize for it yeah. and i think when people are made to feel bad, oh my gosh she blocked me yeah yeah the person was honoring their boundaries when you weren't yeah and especially as women We've somehow been convinced that we have to let everybody in. We don't. We do not. How do we honor ourselves if we're letting everybody into the castle? So for me, the moat is up. (laughs) And I let it down for people who deserve to come on in and then put it back up again.
0: Yeah, that's nice. I like that. I, you know, I see your mom on your page. I'm uh you know, I'm a woman. My mom's gone 21 years, but she's still a part of my mm-hmm. everyday life. And, and, yes. and I see the beautiful, your relationship you have with your mom. And, you know, is she a role model for you? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yes, my mom is so funny. Like me and my mom are very different, but we, because she's very quiet. She's very quiet. She's kind of like, but she's so kind. And I think that's one thing I definitely get from her. Her smile is something I get from her because she smiles with her whole face. Um, Yeah, my mom is somebody whose generosity I've always seen and have modeled mine after. Like She would bend herself over backwards if she's like, I love this person, I must help them. If this is her last dollar, she will hand it over to you if you need it. And I've always kind of led in that way. She leads with service first. And I think that's one of the biggest things I admire about her. I'm looking more and more like her as I grow up, which is cool, (laughs) which is really cool. I'll take that. And um, yeah, my mom is awesome.
0: Who else have been your role
1: models? My grandmother is a big one. and, And that's why I wrote about her in the book in Professional Troublemaker. You know, everyone has or knows of an older woman who takes no shit, who like they don't apologize at all for who they are. and you can't tell them they're not amazing but it's funny because I'm always like why did why do we have to wait till we 60 65 70 to have that attitude to be take no shit to not let people make us feel less than and my grandmother was that woman for me following she was a fire starter like She was so deeply loved. Like she had so much passion for the world, for people. She was a ferocious warrior for those who she loved. And she would do anything to protect you. She would even protect random strangers who she didn't even know. Uh, Growing up, there were many times she would go to the market. Because I was born in Nigeria. She'd go to the market and come back and be like, yeah, so this person has to stay with us for the next six days. It would be like, what? And it's because she saw them selling something and they didn't, they looked Like they had on tattered clothes and she felt bad for them. And she'll ask them like, Hey, what's your name? Do you have a house to stay? And the person might be like, no, you know, my parents just died. My grandma would be like, come with me. And she'll bring them and she'll like, take care of them, send them to school. And we'll send them out in the world when they're ready. And I always saw that and was blown away. Like lady and me, little me was just like, why? (laughs) but older me is like that, that service yeah. to, to fellow humans. And, and I loved it. And, and it taught me that like, in this world, I am not of myself. I exist as myself, but my life is not just to serve me. My life is to serve others. And my power is not just to serve me. My power is to make sure other people have more. And I just can't help but move in that way because I saw it and, and it was deeply impactful. And when my grandmother died, thousands came, thousands. Wow. And when she actually died, so because she was deeply religious, deeply Christian. Her church loved her. They insisted on dressing her body, not the mortician. They were like, we have to honor her in this way. And for me, I was like, that is a life well lived. That is a life well lived. And so I aspire to make that much impact on people. Um that when I leave a gap is felt.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. My parents were definitely people, you know, making a difference in the world. And it's funny because um, I've adopted that sort of Roy calls my house Downton Abbey. Like you never know who might be living here. (laughs) My kids are gone. And at any given point, I've had probably a dozen people living with me. I mean, over the last 10 years, not at the same time. Um, But anyways, yeah, a lot of fun. Yep. So your book tour, I mean, let's say a, a really amazing group of heavy hitters. And, you know, one of the things I love about following your page is that like you never know where, well, you never know where Lovey's going to show up or like what unbelievable celebrity, like knows you, loves you. <laughs> You've got a list of some, you know, amazing, very cool friends. And so tell me, you know, who are, tell me some of the book tour stops and who's going to be on it. My book book tour really excites me because I curated
1: it because I wanted something for everybody. I wanted a book Tour where I'm in conversation with fellow professional troublemakers, people who I think are trailblazers in their industry. So I have Glennon Doyle is kicking off the tour in um with Lib Bar. We actually partner with independent bookstores because we wanted to be where any ticket sold not only benefits me but it benefits a small business. So yeah, Glennon Doyle, Kev on stage brings the comedy. Uh, Esther Perel brings the therapy. Okay. Brittany Packnett Cunningham brings the activism. Gabrielle Union brings Hollywood. Malik Teal brings CEO in, in business. And then Kalana Barfield-Brown brings fashion. So it's like everyone gets to pick their, pick their poison. And I've been blown away by the reaction to the tour. People have been like, i bought multiple tickets because they want to see multiple conversations.
0: Yeah. It's exciting. I love that. You know, you really influenced my book tour. You know, you came over for, um, I met you really as a result of my Lee Teal, and I would see you on her page and be like, who is that Lovey? And so my Lee came to my house for lunch and said, I really, you know, I want you to introduce you to Lovey. Um, and you, you came over and were so kind to talk to me about the book tour. And really I did an all out unbelievable tour because you really like encouraged me to do it. And I ended up partnering with small bookstores and we went to 20 cities and it really came as a result of, you know, in a way you giving me permission and then people would be like, you're taking this on. Are you kidding me? And we got sponsors and we made it happen, but you were just like, well, sure. You'll make that happen. Like it was nothing. I mean, it was like, if I had known, I would have never done it. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm grateful to you for that. So um, thank
1: you. No, I, I I loved the fact that I was able to come over. You cooked me this amazing pasta dish. And I think I brought some home. My husband was like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. You gave me the book. I think for for me, um, yeah, for me, it was, it was a non, it was not even up for debate that your book tour would be epic. I was like, you have to, just even if it's one time, just so you'd be like, yeah, I did it one time. But yeah, I think you're amazing. And I I know that people wanted to see what you were going to be talking about in any room. So why not? Let's go.
0: It was a a let's go experience for sure. (laughs) Something else that you did that was really impactful to me is you were a part of creating the Share the Mic Now movement. and. I, you know, I was, it was, I would say it was the highlight for me in terms of 2020 and things that I learned and things that changed my head and was so helpful. And I was so delighted to share it on my platform, but uh, it was amazing. So tell us about it and how did it come to be?
1: Yes. Share the Mic Now was this massive campaign that me, Glennon Doyle, Bozeman, St. John and Stacey Bendit did in summer of 2020. It was around the time George Floyd was killed. Everyone was taken to the streets. And people kept on being like, oh, you know, it's time to amplify the voices of black women. It tends to happen around moments like that. Like election season happened a lot, but I was just, we were all like, what does that look like in practice? As opposed to just tagging black women, what does it look like in action? So we were like, you know, what happens if, what about if black women who have amazing voices took over the Instagram accounts of prominent white women for a day, just to shift an audience can be really impactful. The fact that they get to step aside and actually hand over their microphones in real way, not just us sending them posts to put up. We asked white prominent women to hand over their their passwords to black women who they didn't even know. We said, trust us, you don't get to tell us who you want on your platform. We We will pair you with a black woman who we think would work just trust us. It was a trust exercise. And we thought we would get 10 10 pairs. We ended up getting 54 in 4 days. Um and on June 10th, 2020, 54 black women logged into the accounts of 54 white women and spent the day telling their stories, talking about their lives, and at the end of the day, each woman dropped the mic. Each woman left that audience with a call to action that would help do something in terms of racial justice, racial justice, economic justice, whatever it was. And it blew our minds. We did not expect it to do what it did. Um, I think in a week we had 17 billion impressions. The campaign has been replicated all over the world. We've had Share the Mic Now, Netherlands, Share the Mic, UK share the mic home edition and women really understanding that sisterhood and activism are verbs. You actually have to do something, not just say you got to do something. And it was a begin of action. A lot of the women who we paired together are now besties. Love They're that. still in community together. Some of them started shows together. Some of them are like, we get on FaceTime every day. It's the best case scenario for something that we really created out of heart. It blew our minds.
0: I love that. Say the thing you said again. It's 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 activism and there was something you said. It's not just showing it's doing.
1: Yes, activism and community, they're all verbs. Yeah. You actually have to do something. It's it's beyond the saying. Now you gotta move. Yeah. And I think that was an it was a really good move because now people were shown just different viewpoints that they never thought about. Um, People were introduced to a black woman who they really should be listening to. And we got people's work amplified. So it was, it was awesome.
0: So awesome. And there was even like, there were food ones. There was like UK food and it was like, yeah, celebrities did it. And I mean, you just, you couldn't imagine all the women that did it. And I, I went my, you know, went my way through and found my way to do the thread back one by one and anything that was still up. And I saw all everything there was to see. And wow. I was, I was just absolutely blown away. Yeah.
1: That's amazing yeah. that you did that. I didn't, I even missed it because that day I, I took over Sophia Bush's account. So not only was I running the campaign, I was also part of the content creating. So I actually couldn't keep my eyes on all the things. We had a full war room happening where our team was making sure everything was going on. We had Instagram, Instagram, on on the on the dial pad making sure everything was going smoothly. It was all hands on deck. So I actually still need to catch up on all the content that came from that Share the Mic Now campaign, but it was it, it was incredible. We had Hillary Clinton, Elizabeth Warren, Gwyneth Paltrow, Julia Roberts, we had Tarana Burke,
0: Austin Shannon Brown, you know, it was just it was wild. It was wild. And by the way, most of it you can go back and find for the people that did lives and all of that, it still exists there, you know, just on their yeah. page. So that's the yeah, they
1: can people can go to go to like Instagram.com slash share the mic now. Okay. And we have a highlight on there,
0: I think, of all the lives. Oh nice. I'm actually still I follow the um the hashtag. So just like I'm every day seeing the spin off of that. I don't know if you follow the hashtag, but you would be blown away just to see everything. It's I think I had to
1: unfollow the hashtag at one point because my whole feed was full of share the mic now stuff every day. Cause it just kept on being replicated. It has, I'm looking right now. It has 17,000 posts on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. That hashtag
0: crazy, crazy for sure. So how do we support? I mean, I know early sales are important. How do we get a ticket to the different events?
1: Yes. Yes. I would love people to come to the book tour. You can get tickets at professional pick Your favorite stop or two. The other thing people can do that has actually blown my mind is people have been buying tickets for other people to come on the tour stop. For the last week, there's been a kindness train going on where people, um, there's a thousand comment deep thread on my Facebook where people were like, who needs to come to the tour? Who doesn't have budget for it? So folks have been buying other people tickets. So if you can buy somebody else a ticket, that'd be great. I would hi- highly recommend you also find a young woman, a teenager, have them come on this tour. Because I want, I want young women to hear the message now, before they're 30, before they're 35, before they're 60, that they have permission to be audacious. They have permission to take up all the space without apology. So buy a young person a ticket, each ticket to this tour will get you a signed book. The only people who are able to get signed books are those who come on my book tour stop, and it's all virtual. You can tune in from your
0: home or wherever in your pajamas. And how much is a ticket? and When does it kick off?
1: Yes, the tour kicks off March 2nd, which is the, the launch for the book. Tickets are between 35 to 41, but some bookstores are actually giving you the option to pick up the book in store. And if you do that, it's like 26. So yeah, tickets will be between $26 and
0: $41. Amazing. You know, we did, we had this same thing happen at No Crumbs Left and we created a product called a Pay It Forward and people went in and clicked and got it. And then people, we sent out a a note and people signed up if they wanted to. And we, you know, we, then we allowed people to go in and just register where they wanted. So, you know, Zach will talk to you about how we did that, but yes, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, oh yes, I
1: need I definitely want to hear how what mechanism you use for that. Yeah, yeah.
0: We do it on the regular with pottery. I mean, the other day I had someone mm. that contact me and said, I want to give a marinated onion bowl to somebody who can't afford it, who's a crumble. And then oh. I did a story and somebody else said, I want to do it. And by the end of the day, we had 35 people who were giving away, you know, bowls. So it's um yes. the, the truth is we all want to make a difference. And between 26 and $41, it, most of us can afford to make a difference that way. So Absolutely. I definitely want to get some. I mean, I want to commit to five tickets for five people. Absolutely. You know, that I'll provide. Yes. Thank you so much. That's so meaningful. I love it. Well, we love you. Thank you for being who you are. Thanks for being, you know, making a difference. I'm so glad I wanted you to be on for a long time. And I was like, you know what, eventually it's going to happen. And, you know, I'm persistent. So I made it happen. Overdue. It's overdue. I love it. I believe in you and I believe in what you're doing and, you know, just good on you for sure.
1: Thank you so much, Terry. I love you. I think you're amazing. And I also love following you. You are just kindness. Personified.
0: Oh, believe me, don't get on my bad side. I know how to push back too. Listen, that's what warriors are. Okay. (laughs) Where do people find you? Yeah, I'm on the
1: interwebs, all over. I'm at Lovey L-U-V-V-I-E on all platforms.
0: One word. Okay, so come find you. You'll you'll for sure come find me. You'll for sure have some fun. We're signing off. That was so delighted to have you. Uh, Definitely come find me over at No Crumbs Left. You can find me all over and for sure, subscribe to the podcast. Have a great day.